If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or the neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Dalton, this probably sounds real familiar to you. It does. I just bought a house last year. And, you know, you asked, uh, why can't all this information be in one place? Well, now it is. On homes.com, they've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. The Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You going to any concerts this summer, man? I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and Kit Moore. Love Hardy. In uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting the tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, you, you know, you got to act quick. Yes. And when you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for a business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. Mm. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Jr. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. is a production of Dirty Mo Media. There he is. Come on in here, buddy. Have a seat. Hey, everybody. Glad you tuned in. It's time for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Mike Davis, Dale and Hart Jr. in the Bojangle Studio. We've got a great guest today. Well, how, how you doing, Red? I'm doing fine right now. This They're is every like, week, okay, bud? <laughs> Buckle in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you died on that hill. Yep. You, your career died on that hill, and you were hard-headed. You're a bigger idiot. I didn't even think about it. No. You thought about it and didn't ask. That makes me the bigger idiot. I think so. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode. It is Wednesday, May the 3rd, and it is time for our Allied guest segment. Mike, Mike Davis, my co-host, is here in the Bojangle studio. Mike, are you ready? Man, I'm looking forward to this. Bill Davis comes up a lot in uh, you know because he's had so many drivers racing for him over true. the years, so his name comes up a lot when we've had it, and we're like, hey, we need him on. Well, we want to thank Ally for supporting our program here at Dirty Mo Media. They do so much in the NASCAR world. And we're thankful for them, thankful for partners like Ally 
that want to do so much in the industry. But they bring us our guest segment every single week. I admittedly have not spent a ton of time talking to Bill Davis in my life. Mm. He's well-respected, um, and I had plenty of years where we were in the same place at the same time, but I just did not get to know him. So I'm thankful for Ally for bringing us this opportunity to be able to sit down with Bill, talk it out. Uh, there's so much that happened in his career as an owner and uh, a lot of highs and some lows. We're going to talk about it all. Let's get him in the room. Put on some headphones. Got you some water right there. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Where you been? I've been in Arkansas. You've been you've been, you've been MIA. Well, we uh, <laughs> we went home. Yeah. Went back to the trucking company, cattle ranch, and just happy as we can be. Yeah. You've owned a trucking company your whole life, pretty much. Uh, this will be our 49th year. Yeah. So what's the trucking company do? It hauls produce out of California. And pharmaceuticals back. Yeah. Is it growing bigger now than it was then? It's about the same? I mean, we pretty much kept it the same. How many trucks you got? Do you know? Uh, 50, 60. Dang, we never wanted to be great big. Yeah. You know, we wanted to be in a little bit of control. And the stuff that we haul is the pharmaceuticals. That's real intense. It's worth a lot of money. And yeah. You've got to have tremendous control over it. Be smart about it. I don't think a big trucker would do a very good job with it. I got you. A huge, large truck. How long were you in the cattle business? Uh, about 24, 25 years. What's that all about? Oh, it's good. We raise uh, Brangus. Have a have two sales a year. Sell about mm, 300, 350 bulls, 100 registered females, and, gosh, I guess 600 uh, commercial heifers. Yeah. Man. So it's a pretty good sized business. Where is that located? Batesville. Okay. We're actually, we're actually a little ways out of town, a little town called Concord. Okay. <clears throat> and everything's there. So you're spending all of your time in Arkansas? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. We've got a place up in the Blue Ridge at uh, Lake Toxaway, uh-huh. just out of Asheville, uh-huh. uh, by Brevard. And uh, we, in fact, we came over there the day before yesterday, brought the coach and got set up. Okay. You drive it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, that explains, I guess, how you got your start in racing uh, with Mark Martin in the ASA series, being out there in Arkansas. How did you meet Mark? Our fathers were very good friends. Okay. Mark's, I guess, probably five years younger than I am or so. And uh, <clears throat> when he started racing on the local dirt track, two dirt tracks. My dad and I went along and, you know, tried to help. Yeah. We were, we were what uh, free help's worth. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's not yeah. worth nothing. I don't know. There's a, this seems to be consistent with just about everybody. You know, you got to volunteer. you got to do something. Um, certainly we've heard about these grassroots people just trying to get out there at the racetrack and help people. When you talk about helping, are you like, you know, just going and, you know, torquing tires and, and physically getting the car on and off the trailer and just right. piddling like that. Right. And so you helped him around 1978. He wins the championship in ASA 78, 79, 80. 
um, you were around most of that. Yeah. Yeah. Not as much as later when he came down south. Yeah. You know, we came down in 81 mm-hmm. and ran those five races. So you were part of that deal. Did you when part you, is is just help, right? You're Unpaid just, help, by the way. Right, you're just volunteer. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that check. I'm sure it's in the mail. You're just a volunteer help. So people see you as an owner and a businessman, but at this point in your life, when you're going to the racetrack to, with Mark, you're physically just a mechanic. You know, a, a helper, right? Volunteer. Oh yeah. I, even when we were cup racing, I still worked on the cars. Okay. <clears throat> did engine work, not yeah. engine work, but put them in and out and yeah. change gears, whatever. So, um, Mark moved to North Liberty, Indiana, uh, began working out of Dylan's shop, who was a chassis builder back then. Um, you started traveling up there to help out. Uh, you talked about when Mark got into his first opportunity at cup racing, he had a car that they built in 1981 and come down and run. Uh, then he eventually signs with JD Stacy to drive the two car. My dad, uh, left that team in 81 mm-hmm. and JD was fielding cars, uh, with Mark. I think he had Joe Rutman in the car a time or two. Um, Tim Richmond would drive it. Um, you stepped away from racing at that time. You're not even, were you not going to the dirt track in Arkansas or nowhere? No, there was really a place for us. You know, we, uh, we followed racing, of course, and <clears throat> my dad and Julian, Mark's dad would come to some races. Yeah. But, uh, Pretty much took those what three years off, I guess. And did is it in? Did you have any idea at that time around 1982, 83 that you were gonna get involved as much as you did? No, uh, I never knew. I right, that, get involved that was as never much a as I did. that was right. never even a dream. Or you know, it was gonna be a hobby. Yeah. Um, no, we. Uh, you know, when when Mark got the chance to come back down here with the lawmaster deal. Um, with David Levendahl, mm-hmm. who had been his brother-in-law, to run the full schedule in the 31 car, I think it was. Okay. Uh, yeah, that Ford in mm-hmm, the Bush series. Mm-hmm, yep. The only, only one. Yeah. Well, we, uh, Larry Shaw, the chassis builder from Batesville, that helped Mark early on, uh, we built an ASA All-Pro car. I don't know if you'll remember, but they had a, a deal where the All Pro Series was down south, ASA, and they combined for, I think it was seven races. Mm-hmm. So Mark wanted to run those seven. He said, You need to be the car owner. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yep. So Larry built the car, and we built the car, and ran those races and ran ran well. Ran real well. Is, yeah. is, is you need to be the car owner a way of saying you need to pay for stuff? <laughs> That's kind of how that works. <laughs> okay, got it. Especially with Mark. Yeah. Okay, okay. Like I said, that chick's still the male. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you remember what this car looked like? That ASA car? Yeah. Whew, it was the ugliest brown car <laughs> you've ever seen. A brown car? Life. Classically ugly. Yeah. Is that the one? <laughs> what was the stripes, the sponsor? A- ASI. ASI. The Roofing Company of America. It was a Ford, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That well, was a rough-looking car. Well, oh, it was Explain terrible. it. it was Describe brown, it to wasn't me. It, wasn't it brown? No, very. Yeah. The it whole looks thing. like a, a UPS truck. Yeah, it's like okay. a UPS truck. It was about as crude. Yellow and bur- <laughs> yellow and orange or something stripes as far as a sponsor on it, and it was unique. Yeah. If you've got a hell of a memory, <laughs> you see a picture of it. I, I remember the dumbest 
I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I don't. I can't remember. You know, I have to think hard about like my you know my mother's birthday and things like that. But uh, I can remember silly stuff like that. That's that's, um, that's a bad memory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you built this car over the phone. So you're calling Mark, who's up there working at Dillon's, and and y'all are he's telling y'all what to do and how to get this thing ready. Well, actually, yeah, he was he was down here driving. Oh, he the was down here racing car. in the yeah in the, driving that the the I guess that was the only year he won ran the full Bush schedule. Yep, eighty one. Okay, and it, we ran those races in eighty seven actually. Um, I mean eighty seven. Yeah, you you helped Mark. Um, Enter the the Bushker National Ranks again in '88, uh, thirteen races with the Carolina Ford dealers. That's kind of the very uh, first time that you become an owner uh, in one of the top three series in NASCAR. Right. Um, and y'all would have that 06 car. So why number 06? He was driving the six car for Jack. And so 06 seemed natural. Yeah. You would eventually change it to one. Why yeah. one? It came available. All right. A lot cooler number than Everybody 06. thinks one is the number to have. Yeah. Yeah, well, he thinks better than 06. 06 is uh, <laughs> unique, for sure. How do you get the Carolina Ford dealers deal? Mark had met a guy named Danny Bumpus from Roxboro. Danny was a big race fan and car dealer, and uh, he was on the board of the, whatever they called yep. it, of the Carolina Ford dealers. And so that's a, I want to, somebody was asking me the other day about sponsors. How do I get sponsors? How do I get sponsors? How, how tell me how to find a sponsor? And so that's the that's it. That's the way for everybody out there listening. You better be networking. Mark Martin introducing Bill to this man. Boom, they got a partnership. I'm sure it was uh, barely enough money to get you to the racetrack. But hey, that's how deals happen. That's how partnerships come together. Is you got to be willing to network, and that means. Stand there and have a conversation with somebody. To Absolutely. Create that relationship. Anybody that comes by. Anybody. Because right? you never know. You never know. And if you can interest them in what you're doing and they want to get into what you're doing and help you, um, that's how that happens. That's sure. how those partnerships become. That's certainly how that deal works. Exactly. So um, in 1989, you switched the number to number one. You moved the team to High Point, North Carolina. Where was it? <coughs> Arkansas. So y'all racing in Arkansas. You kind of you, I guess, like everybody would say back then, man, you got to be here if you want to race and be good. You got to come where all the help is, where all the parts are. Yeah, you know, NASCAR was really at a getting ready to start the big upswing, mm-hmm. and Mark realized that, and he said, "You can do this. You know, you're you're smart enough. You work hard enough. You can do this. I you can't make believe this Mark work. talked you into this." Yeah, no kidding. I can't. <laughs> He's responsible for all of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh. Yeah, he convinced us to come down here and try to do what we could get done, yeah. and it worked out. Obviously, Man. Mark was right. NASCAR was on an upswing, but what were the signs? What, what made that believable for you? Like, did you? I mean, clearly you would have had to believe it too. But Mark says this is this is about to take off, right? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I'm old school enough. You think you're old school? Mm-hmm. I'm. You were in kindergarten, or you were in diapers when I was. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. You just you know sponsors started coming around. The TV packages started coming together. It was uh, people were talking about it, noticing it. Um, it, it. It was time. And also, how was it evident by this time? I mean, listen, I love hearing Mark Martin ASA stories because it sounds like he just ruled the world in ASA. Oh, he killed him. But like, how 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 much was it known that Mark Martin was a special driver? Like like really talented. 
You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, obviously, I'm prejudiced. I always knew he was. And I knew how hard he worked. I mean, he had a school that his father told him, if you're going to race, you're going to work. You know, this we're not going to do all this for you. And he would, he'd get out of school, I guess, at noon or some kind of a program. And he'd come work, I mean, however long it took all night, you know, to get it ready. And uh, very, very dedicated to the sport. And, and Mark, I mean, he just lived and breathed race cars. I mean, mm-hmm. he understood. His father did a really good thing for him. He sent him up to Larry Phillips, named you yeah. very familiar with, Springfield, Missouri. And Larry taught him how to build A-frames and how to set the cars up and geometry of the front ends. And that was a, that was a doctorate in racing because Larry was, for those cars at that time, he was good as came along. Mm. And he was a great teacher. And like you made uh, reference to that first car we ran those five cup races with, you know, Mark built that in Indiana. Yeah. I mean, on the floor. And we got down there, and it was so radically different. That was the first year they downsized the cars. Yep. The first to, what, 105-inch wheelbase, I think. And, uh, you know, it was it was way different. It had a lot of lead in it, a lot of lead. Yeah. He loves talking about the setups, and, and Mark's eager to share all that stuff on social media, which I think is, he's a great follow on Twitter um, because of that. And um, and in his podcast and so forth, he talks about how he brought a lot of the ideas that he had learned in his ASA car and some of the setup stuff that worked, and you would see that car outperform. He'd sit on the pole at Nashville and so forth and do things. Richmond. It really surprised people, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, two poles out of five races. Yeah. Against the best in sport. Yeah. Um, now, we all know he ended up, you know, having to go back home, get back into ASA. Uh, but in 1991, you know, Mark is back in the sport, back successful, uh, but he steps away from your team. Uh, y'all are running a partial schedule with the Ford dealer's car, and he wants to concentrate on his cup effort. And he's he's championship ready, getting close and, and having real, real opportunities of winning uh, the championship over at Roush. And he encourages you to go full-time. Uh, and who, who, and this is around the time when you get lined up with Jeff Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, and who encouraged you to look at Jeff? You know, I suppose we'd been watching him on Thursday Night Thunder. Mm-hmm. That was a great show. <clears throat> Excuse me, a lot of people did, but yeah. I think Lee Morris and the Ford guys brought him attention. So they Ford, to get... Did Ford have him under a contract? Mm. No, but they were there manufacturer contracts for drivers back then? Not really. I don't so, think so. So you were kind of in the Ford camp, you know. They got they got their arm around Jeff Gordon. They're going to groom him right, and then you know, without a contract, he's able to bolt whenever he don't he decides to do that. Yeah, and I would assume that that uh, you know Jack had a lot of influence with Ford. Always did, Jack Rouse. Jack Rouse, yeah. And Mark, of course. I imagine they encouraged Ford's Ford. pairing the two of us up. Right. And so, um, you know, looking looking back on that, um, did you, you know, when Jeff gets in the car, he'd ran that 67 Outback Steakhouse Pontiac at Rockingham, Rockingham. and run at a race or two. And I remember the story of him going to Buck Baker's driving school at Rockingham and all that. Uh, qualified really well at Rockingham, got in a crash early, hit the back gate, uh, going into turn three. I remember all of this, ripping the right front fender off. Uh, and But it, it was it was apparent to me, uh, even in that moment, like 
dang man, that, I don't think I don't know that that's a great car, uh, and he qualified really well with it. Um, and when he gets into your car, do you recognize the talent that Jeff Gordon has? Oh yeah, you know he's driving on Thunder Night Thunder. He's driving sprint cars on asphalt. Right. They're they're wild machines. Um, how did he adapt to your car right away? Well, he knocked a lot of snouts and clips off. I promise you that. <laughs> he did that in the Cup Series too, <laughs> the first year with Rick. It was brutal, but uh, but he he always had speed, and he was always getting there. He just had to learn that the cars had to be tighter, and you know they weren't going to turn and swing like a uh, drive them loose like he could those cars yeah. up there. But yeah, he was always special. I mean, there's no question about yeah. that. What was the relationship with? Uh, you know, early, you know, working with Jeff. I mean, he's a young guy, mustache, pretty impressive. Lovely mustache. Yeah, pretty impressionable. <laughs> I mean, he's – I remember when um, Dad introduced me to him at North Wiltsboro in 94, um, you know, he was he was following Dad. around. Dad was taking him around the racetrack, showing him the track or something. It was his rookie year. I don't think the Xfinity Series had raced there. And so um, – you know he was so he seemed impressionable. Whereas you know we would he would grow to be his own man, sort oh, of yeah. running running HMS and a champion in the sport. But back then when he's working with you, he's this young kid needing direction. Yeah, and he was he was very directable. I mean, you know he 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 and I had a great relationship. I mean he knew what we had accomplished, and it was a he realized recognized it was a great opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. I mean you know. Uh, and Mark was uh, extremely helpful, and but I will—I mean, you brought it up first, but your dad was extremely. When we, you know, he was still running the eight car in the series yeah. back then with Tony and Tony Junior, hmm. and uh, he'd always come over after practice and I can't remember, kid. called him kid, of course. But he'd he'd point out things, you know. I know. Uh, one night, your dad said, I really appreciated that. Uh, he said, you know, kid, you're with a really good team now. Yeah. you got to listen to those guys. You can you can build your foundation here. Yeah. And I thought that was very generous. Why do you think he did that? Or did you have a, 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 a relationship with Dale Earnhardt at all up until that point? I mean, no, like, I mean, just. To get, to get that kind of endorsement seems like, you know, that's that's a quite the gesture, actually. Well, we weren't running for points, so we'd park back in the back with the other cup guys. Or the other guys not running yeah. points. Got it. With Davey and Harry Gant and uh, Dale Jarrett. Mm-hmm. You know, there's guys running all the schedule, the full schedule, and then us. Yeah. So we – and we – Blowing stuff back and forth. And, you know, yeah, we got to be friends. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious real quick. I'm going to back up just for a second. Would you – have found your way into full-time ownership had Mark Martin not encouraged it or suggested it for you? Oh, heck no. So you really, Mark saying you should do this is the only reason you ended up in full-time? I mean, because that's quite the, you know, that's quite the milestone in, in terms of your career and all that you brought to the sport. Mm-hmm. Mark Martin recommending full-time, yeah. um, that's all it took? Yeah. I, I say so. I, you know, obviously we loved racing, you know, uh, had had enough luck in the starting off with Mark that you know, we thought we could do it, I guess, and wanted to do it. So you wanted to. You but that you probably put us over the edge. Got it. Point. That's what I wanted. And so and then Jeff Gordon has now come along. I mean, what what a development. I <laughs> a couple know. A couple right of there. years into the yes. deal. And he's, yeah. you just 
you know, you you knew or were, you were connected with the right people that had credibility and respect. And obviously, we didn't know who Jeff Gordon was or would become. But um, you're now, in my mind, at that particular time, you were sort of this steward or this, you know, shepherding in this this raw young talent everybody was super excited about. And he was in a really really great position with your team. You had a great young team that was very fast and capable. And this was like the perfect opportunity for a rookie rock star. Um, Baby Ruth comes on board in 1993. I mean, Baby freaking Ruth <laughs> is a major, you know, iconic right. brand. Yeah. Um, you know, back then, you know, the sponsorships in the Xfinity Series were typically, you know, automotive-related, local, smaller, yeah. you know, smaller packages. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's this Baby Ruth deal? Explain this to me. Is this a regional deal? Is it a national Baby Ruth? No, it was brand? a national deal. How did that come about? A guy that had worked, uh, golly, I don't know if I remember his name, well, a sponsor type guy, you know, uh, got him interested and got him interested in Jeff and, and there for us. Yeah. Brought him along. And see, another key point that we may be getting ready to mention, but for the Baby Ruth year, the second year with Jeff, we had Ray. Okay. Mm. So Ray how did you come get down. Ray? Ray had been working. So uh, Ray was, am I right to say that Ray had been working with IROC and Dave Marcus and he had been in and around. Uh, he was a modified racer, quit Good driving. Racer. Yep. Quit driving, got a little banged up one day, uh, ended it, you know, stopped driving and then started working on cars. Ends up coming down here. And uh, where is he working when you got in touch with him? He went to work for Allen. At the seven car. Yeah, he had come down to that Rockingham test with Jeff. In that 67 Outback car? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. Andy Petrie, Hugh Connerty owned that car, owned a bunch of Hooters. And Andy Petrie, I think, was his brother-in-law. Or, there was a relationship there. And uh, Andy got ready to come down and help with it. Damn. I'm not sure. So I guess they would have known each other through IROC. I never really thought about that. But So Ray came down and did that. Wanted to come down, wanted, you know, like we all did, and uh, went to work for Alan Quickie. Okay. So he's working for Alan Quickie, and then you're, you call him, convince him to come help with Jeff? He's got his eye on Jeff probably? Oh, yeah. He knew. Yeah. He knew. Yeah, I don't want any question there. Right. Well, actually what happened, he and Alan didn't even make it through Speed Weeks. Oh, you is he the crew chief, or is he sort of a car chief? Paul was probably still probably, the crew yeah. chief. I don't know what race title would have been, yeah. but they, they just didn't. Oil and water? It wasn't going to work. Yeah. It, it, you're talking about Ray and Alan Kowicki or Ray and Paul Andrews? Probably all three. <laughs> okay. I've never really talked to Paul about it, but I know what the other two thought. Okay. And, you know, it just, <laughs> it's just one of those deals that wasn't going to work. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, they were totally opposite people. And and what really happened is you can hear this story a lot of ways, but here's the truth: Ray came through the garage, maybe Thursday, Friday, tell us goodbye. He's going home, going back to New Jersey, going back modified. And I went, "What are you talking about?" He said, "I'm out of here. I'm uh, I'm 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 not going to work for Alan." Well, I clicked a little bit. I said, "Well, don't get in too big a hurry. Keep your room." And I went to work on Ford, and they gave us a little bit of money. And 
Gail gave us the rest out of the trucking company, and we hired him. And that that was the baby Ruth season. Damn. One poles set yeah. records. Three, remember a pole. One three races, eleven poles. So raise the crew chief on that baby Ruth car. Mm-hmm. You were going to take both those guys to cup. Mm. What happened? Got a better offer. So I've heard, you know, over the years. I mean, this wasn't this. This was a very frustrating result. You know, for you, you you had a plan. You felt like that, I guess, in conversation with Jeff and Ray, that everybody was on the same page. Obviously, I understand, you know, Jeff gets this incredible opportunity with Rick, and Rick's, uh, you know, established and has been in the sport for a really long time. Uh, who knows what else was, was thrown at those guys through Chevrolet and everything else. But um, that was a that, – that took the wind out of your sails. You had a plan and a path. And now that path is not there anymore. Yeah, and we, had, you know, we were hurt, and we really, we really liked Jeff, and and uh, felt like it was kind of mutual, you know. And, and uh, we spent all we could spend to get both of us where we were. And you know, that's the point that he's made too. I mean, Jeff put himself on the map, but he also put us on the map too. Yeah. Now it was a. Two way street there. Sure. You gotta you gotta give that to him. But uh have yeah, it was unfortunate. So at, in the moment you're hurt. Um have you and Jeff had conversations about this in the years since? Oh, I don't know if we've really talked about it, but we have uh really just in the last few years we've talked a few times. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Does that help? Is that helpful? Oh uh, yeah, I you know I'm over it. I mean, it's a yeah. long time to say bad. That's a, that's ancient history. Yeah, I, uh, I reckon so. Could have gone the other way and been better, but hey, we were rebounded in pretty good shape anyway. So yeah. you did rebound. Um, Bobby Labonte comes to you and says, hey, I hear what's going on with Jeff, and this is where I want to be. So who is? what are you thinking when Bobby Labonte calls you up? Oh, I'm thrilled. That. We were good friends. We were, we were in Thomasville. Hagen's shop was just right down the road from ours. So this is unique. I want to enter. I want to recognize that Thomasville. So other race teams are there. This, you know, people think that Mooresville. Everybody was here. Back uh-huh. then, it was a little bit more spread out. You know, there was people in Mooresville, sure. people in Harrisburg, Concord. There were shops, and you know, we had Hutchinson Pagan down that way. And Thomasville, you had a few shops. Uh, you had the Petties, and yeah. And so the Petties were up there. Right. Junior Johnson was Junior was in North. semi up yeah. there, yeah. So, um, so Bob, how do you know Bobby? Well, we just met in the garage, of course. Yeah. In uh, the year, the baby roof year that we ran for the points. Uh, He's also competing in the Xfinity Series or the Bush Series that back then. And we He's were the top against y'all. Yeah, we we're in the top three in port, three in points all year, and part beside each other. Yeah. Either that side or that side. So he comes to drive for you in the Bush Series? No. No. We went cup racing. Okay. So he called you. He's Is is he cup racing by that point? Mm-mm. He no. isn't. He's looking for his first cup ride. Yeah. And you're going cup racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had already decided, even with Jeff leaving, you're going. We're going to stay the course. You're going to stay the course. Who's going with you? How are you? Uh, so Baby Ruth's not the sponsor anymore. They're gone. Where happened, where, where'd Baby Ruth go? They uh, had a change in their sports management, as so often happens. That frust- that's a frustrating thing Oh, because yeah. they made it work. That it was happened. working for them. Yeah. It I really that. was. You get that new CEO or some yeah. new marketing. Well, she came in, nice lady, but she was all about the NBA. Yeah, they moved their money to soccer. So they took their money to basketball. And yeah. 
That's hap- that happens. We've had that happen with our own partners, man. You'll you'll be cruising down the road, four or five, ten year relationship, and getting new management, and they want to do something different. But yeah. um, uh, so Bobby comes, uh, and Bobby uh, and you have the Maxwell House deal. So this is, uh, I think I know what I'm about to hear. Junior Johnson has a two car team. He had Maxwell House as a partner, and he gets a McDonald's deal. Is it possible? that Junior Johnson sent the Maxwell House deal oh, totally. to you. Totally. Isn't that – that's one thing that I've learned about Junior Johnson in probably the last five years that I did not know about that man. He had his finger on everything going on in the sport between manufacturers. Absolutely. Sponsors. This – He was so well connected. He was. This guy – He respected. Yeah. Wore a T-shirt and overalls every day up in Wilkes County – knew more about what was going on in corporate America, mm. con- you know, in NASCAR than anyone. Oh, yeah. And Brought RJ Reynolds to the sport. Yeah. And so it's interesting, too, how he was managed or how you know, part the rela- I guess the relationship between him and NASCAR, how uh, unique and you know, volatile it would become at times uh, considering how connected and, and, and helpful he was to a lot of people. So – does, does he enter? Does he? Are you talking to Junior? Does Junior call you and say, "Hey, man, I got a thing. I need you to." How does that happen? Oh gosh, I don't know. It's been a long time ago, but basically, you know, he had Maxwell House, the yep. twenty-two car, in Sterling. Yes. And as you said, McDonald's came along, and he wanted to go back to his twenty-seven number, um, and he had such a relationship again with the Maxwell House people. They wanted to stay in the sport but they couldn't step up or wouldn't spend what mcdonald's was they were in a match yeah so he said uh here's an opportunity for you yeah and he laid it out for them and of course we were just oh yeah please incredible but a lot of it was junior had a great relationship with the bonnies you know terry had driven the uh budweiser car for him that's true yeah. and bob uh senior Worked at Junior's building transmissions and gears. Damn, all right. For several years. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty close-knit deal yeah. there. And Junior watched Bobby come along and race Bush. And I have to imagine, though, you got to give yourself a little credit here, which I know you probably won't. But by, I bet that Junior also saw something in you and your team and y'all's stability, y'all's success, y'all's growth, your ambition, and thought that, He's not going to put Maxwell, this person that, you know, this Maxwell House brand that he has a great relationship with, in a bad position. He knew that he was putting them in a position to succeed with good people. Um, I appreciate that. And I think that's, you know, yeah. there's truth to that. We, we worked awful hard. It's fascinating. Nobody really shares, nobody talks or credits Junior as much as I think they should about, you know, like you said, I mean, bringing the R.J. Reynolds deal. Uh, we've heard many times at this table, you know, he was influential in – in the middle of the conversations when dad left Osterlin and go to, you know, and, and uh, you know, JD Stacy buys a team and dad's like trying to get out of that deal. Yeah. And he talks to Rich Jr. Talks to Richard Childress and tells Richard to stop driving. Yeah. To hire a driver. This is your chance. Dale's yeah. got a sponsor. Um, the best day of Richard's life. Yeah. He didn't think so. <laughs> I, bet, I bet it. He thinks so now. But at the moment, he's probably like, are you sure? You know, I don't know if I want to quit. <laughs> Hey, if you like to surround yourself with lots of NASCAR diecasts like we do here on the Dale Jr. Download, 
you're probably always looking for a great deal that will help you round out that collection. Luckily, we know the folks at Lionel Racing, the official diecast of NASCAR, and they're offering our fans a great deal right now. During the month of May, you can visit the special deals page on LionelRacing.com and not only get a great price on the diecast that you've been searching for, but as a Dale Jr. Download listener, you'll also get free shipping when you use the promo code DJ. D-E-A-L-S-23. That's DJ Deals 23. DJ Deals 23. DJ Deals 23. The folks at Lionel Racing are always adding new items to their website, so you'll want to check back on a regular basis to make sure you haven't missed a deal on a diecast that you are looking for. Just go to the Special Deals section at LionelRacing.com to get a great price on a diecast, plus free shipping during the month of May when you use the promo code DJDEALS23. We all love diecast. We all love collecting for different reasons. And um, this is a great way to continue that. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system. And there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You would finish second to Jeff in the Rookie of the Year chase. Um, then you switch. So you have Fords uh, in your first year in Cup. Um, and you've been with Ford for a long time, right? But you're going to switch to Pontiac. Um, was that a r- relatively seamless transition? or? Uh, yeah. I mean, Ford just – they had some big teams. Yeah. They, they weren't going to do a lot for us. They weren't going to help us grow. And Rusty and Roger had made the decision to go to Ford. They'd recruited Penske's Ford. Penske's leaving. They were Pontiac, so they're going away. And it's like, hmm, that's just going to make it worse for us. And Pontiac approached us. And, they did. And uh, brought a – well, for where we're at in the sport and, and everything, a, a great deal. Yeah. I always want – I want to ask you about this, and, and um, maybe there's nothing to it. I always felt like that the Pontiac – car struggled like air i don't know if it was i mean arrow arrow, you would look at that thing especially say um looking at your cars and looking at you know bobby when he would go to gibbs uh tony stewart you would look at those cars and think damn them things look like they ought to have a lot of arrow advantage or they ought to be great right the pontiac was shaped in such a way that it looked like it could perform really well but Throughout most of its its existence, the Pontiac, I mean, you know, aside from the year Rusty won the championship, 
driving a Pontiac. I mean, the Pontiac to me always seemed to be just one car that could never really get where it needed to be with the other, you know, the big two of Ford and Chevrolet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. What was the, and it was Aero. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably Aero. But, yeah, you know, it's a big. Very ill the same. Yeah, as you know, but uh, yeah, they were. They had some. I guess that one year, Rusty and Penske won what nine or ten races. Yeah. Or, that wasn't even the championship year. No. So. Yeah. Of course, you know, that was Roger Penske and Rusty Wallace. You know, sure. They're supposed to do that. Yeah. So, so Penske's going to Ford. Pontiac comes to offer you uh, a deal. Does Pontiac – I just don't remember this. Uh, did they have other teams that they have in the fold, or did you feel like you might be the, you know, the priority? I don't know if that's the right word, but at least get the attention that you deserve and the, and the support you, you need to compete. Well, they had um, – Chuck Ryder and yep. Michael in the 30 car. Bahari. Bahari. Yep. Who else would have been? Uh, you know, there were a couple other teams. Yeah, okay. But they, they, weren't, they weren't as spread out as Ford and Triple Got Four. Yeah. And that was attractive. Yeah. You know. And right. so, you know, you Bobby drives for you um, in 93 and 94. You drove a Ford in 93, a Pontiac in 94. Bobby's going to go to Joe Gibbs. How do you learn about this? Oh, Bobby, Bobby totally called up you front. Up oh, did yeah. he tell you at mid-season? He, we talked about it all yeah. along, all the way through the deal. Joe's coming in with Pontiac, is it, or did he have Chevrolet? I don't remember. Yeah. I guess in 95. I bet they were Chevrolet because they had the lights with Rick. Okay. They would have been Chevrolet. All right. So what are you going to do? What, how do you, what do you, who's going to be your race car driver? Well, again, Maxwell House had a change in mm. upper-tier management. And the two guys that uh, uh, were our champions, I think one was the president and the other, I don't remember his title, but they were great guys. But they were retiring. Uh-huh. It was just a bad set of numbers. Yeah. And Bobby and I had a continuing contract. Um and, you know, he, he talked to some other teams, and that didn't sound like that great opportunity to me. And But then the Gibbs deal came up, and uh, shoot. He had to go. Well, I mean, I had to, I said go. I you mean, told him to go. Oh, yeah, there's no yeah. problem there. What are you doing? Bobby and I are good friends. What are you doing for partnership, sponsors and stuff for next year? We're just scrambling, yeah. digging. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get – it was – you know, the next sponsor was MBNA. Yep. A credit card bank. Yep. And uh, we got that deal done in Atlanta. The at last race of the year, or the first Atlanta? Last. Okay, so right before the end, right at the end of the last, and you know, ninety five or ninety four, ninety five season, ninety four. Um, Bobby and I agreed to part several weeks before. Gotcha. The end. And I couldn't stand the way Bobby getting a, sure that kind of deal. Yeah, we weren't there yet. You hire Randy LaJoy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Randy, I'd raced against Randy uh, in 98, 99, won a couple championships in the Bush Series in 96 and 97, I believe, for base mm-hmm. motorsports. Um, but Randy comes in driving your car. Uh, you, he gets fired after Michigan. Uh, Jimmy Hensley drives a car for five races while in Dallenbach. Uh, drove a car at Watkins Glen, runs second. Um, well, actually, we should have won. Wally's a hell of a road course race. What happened? There was about four laps to go, and they threw a caution for debris. Mm. Mark was 
I bet we were two seconds ahead of Mark. Yeah. And uh, they didn't even send the trucks out. They Nothing. tightened them up. We all pitted and we came out. I think we came out third. <laughs> oh, you're saying they didn't send the trucks out. So they you, didn't go you, pick you, up any debris. You question there's no debris. Yeah. Oh, man. No, it's the maddest I've ever been in NASCAR. Yeah. And I've had my moments. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after Hensley drove the car at Michigan, he was replaced by Ward Burton. So, 95 was a year of y'all sort of finding yourself. You got NBNA as a sponsor, and you're you're rotating through drivers. Um, was that – I mean, I, I imagine that wasn't pre- preferable to be in that position, but um, do you think, you know, finally when you get a hold of Ward, is, do you recognize right away that Ward's somebody that's going to stick around, that you're, you, you got, you're excited about Ward? Yeah, and he was excited to be there. Yeah. And had speed. Yeah. What was the problem with – I mean, Hensley always seemed to be that kind of stopgap, fill-in, substitute driver. He's up in age in that point in his life. Not a guy you're looking to build a long-term future with, I imagine. Um, Randy didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, do you have – I mean, what was the what, – what, do you recall what the struggles were with Randy? Um. He's pretty bullheaded. Was it at the at that time? Maybe he was a great team player, and uh, sponsor really didn't like him. Yeah, I got you. It was just a lot of things. Just a it, bad fit. They won a good future. Yeah. Uh, one of them. When you get Ward, um, Ward Ward wins the first race uh, at Rockingham, mm-hmm. um, and. I wonder what your emotions were about about that because I mean obviously you're thrilled to win a race, right? Absolutely. The cars competitive. Who's the crew chief? Do you recall who the crew chief was at that point in time? That Ooh, give me a minute here. Nineteen ninety five. I think it still would have been Chris Hussey. Chris okay. Hussey. So Sure it was. Of course it was Chris. You had had I Smart won- guy. I wonder where you are mentally about, you know, drivers and loyalty, right? You've had a couple situations where that didn't work out in your favor. You got to go out and you win your first race. You just nabbed Ward. We've seen Ward drive at Hardy's car at 31 uh, in a limited schedule in the Cup Series, set on a pole at Charlotte and do some pretty cool things. Um, there was the tire war going on back then as well that muddled, muddied the waters. But um, when you get Ward and he wins a race – uh, are you my me? My reaction would be, God dang, I got to get this guy under contract. Like I need to, I need, I need to avoid going down this same path again, where I show the world why I got it, what a great driver this guy is, and he goes and drives for somebody else instead of staying with me. I mean, did you have any of that kind of uh, reaction to this that that win at Rockingham? Well, I mean, we had a contract and and. You know, Ward was all in at that time. Yeah. You know, we were we were the the team. Y'all were the team. He wanted and, to be with. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a lot of speed, a lot of places. In ninety six through ninety eight, y'all continued to improve, continued to grow. Um, and then you restart the Bushker National team. One of my favorite paint schemes of all time, the Amico car. Hmm. Oh yeah. Man, what a, a beautiful car. race car. Um and you nabbed a really, really, really incredible person. Um, good, solid race car driver, but a really, really good guy, Dave Blaney. Huge guy. Yeah. I One love, of my favorite people. Mine too. I was um, 
I was lucky enough to be racing in the Xfinity Series with Dave at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is silly. I love the Amico, Amico car because um, when I raced late models, everybody was racing. Everybody was running uh, Unical or high-octane track gas or whatever it was, but the best stuff to put in a late-model stock car at the time was Amico 93. That stuff's good. It ran the best. <laughs> really yeah, good. it did the best on the dyno, even better mm-hmm. than any high-octane you know, Unical or, or racing fuel. And so when the Amico car comes out, on, you know, and I'm racing against that car, it was just hard not to like it because of what I knew about the fuel. Um, and Dave was so quiet. Dave was this established superstar oh. in dirt in the dirt world. And so, it, you know, in a way, I was like, man, this is incredible. This guy is going to try to now carve out this career in the stock car. And I get to be out there, you know, I was just, I really admired him. And, boy, he's so hard to talk to. He's so quiet, back then at least. He still is. Yeah. And he's shy. Yeah, he is kind of shy. Um, I remember y'all having some really, really solid runs in that car. Great runs. Um, Atlanta was a great track. Uh, and uh, But it was so fun to go to the racetrack. Beautiful race car. Uh, always a good time to be out there on the racetrack with him. I remember that very fondly. Um, Me too. Yeah. So you're back, you're, you know, your team is growing in this point in time, 1998, 99, going into the 2000 season, y'all expand to two cars. Um, you bring Dave up into the cup ranks with the 93 car, Amico sponsorship. So you're fielding a car for Ward and a car for Dave. Um, where are you financially? You're, I, you seem like the kind of person that's financially – Putting every dime oh, every penny. into this thing. You had to have been. Everything. Yeah. Because we were never sponsored up. You know, we were always just a tick behind. You know, when, when you know, the Childresses and the, those people were getting $8 million, we were getting four, four and a half or five. Yeah. And then when they moved to 12, well, then we got to eight. Yeah. You know, we were just always, always. How'd the Amico deal come about? A guy named Lee Dorrington. Um, we had known him for a while, and he was a sponsor, hunter cap guy. Um, and he was a huge Dave Bainey fan, and he just put it all together. Yeah. Um, Ward would return to Victor Lane in 2000 uh, at Darlington. And that was y'all's final win with Pontiac. Blaney would finish third in rookie years. Uh, you ran R&D cars at times. Uh, the, the 23 car was Scott Wimmer. You had a lot of history of running R&D cars. Uh, was that a, a motive of your own, or was this team-driven? They wanted to you know, they wanted to try things? Probably some of all. Yeah. A little bit of manufacturer. Uh, you know, we did a lot of testing with those things. Yeah. Um, in 2001, y'all switched to Dodge running the Intrepid, uh, and Ward would win at Darlington that year. What led to that, by the way? Because I remember Dodge, when Dodge came into the sport, that was a big deal. Like, I remember that being a huge deal to get that OEM. Yeah. Um, and you were you were right there when, when they entered the sport, right? And uh, how, how did that materialize for you guys? And there were three teams, the Petties, uh, Ray, and Everham, and, and you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, they approached us. 
thought we'd look like a likely candidate, I guess. Um, we're, you know, the Pontiac deal was 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 okay, but it, what it, it was. wasn't great. It's what it was. Right, right. It's the best we had at the time. And they came in and offered more, and and uh, the, the problem with the Dodge deal, <clears throat> their engineering wasn't very deep. They didn't mm-hmm. have – well, they hadn't raced. Right. You know, it wasn't like uh, – you know, they had guys that had been car designers, and not knocking them. They were good guys. There's a couple that were extremely bright, but uh, it just didn't work. Well, you, I mean, you ran Dodge for a really long time. Um, you ended up running Dodge till 2006. Um, but there was, there was some issues, a lawsuit that Dodge brings about because of y'all's development of the Toyota program. We had a separate company. Yeah. Separate building, separate staff developing the truck. For Toyota. Toyota. To come run. So truck is entering NASCAR at the truck series level. Yes. And this brand, this business that you have, completely separate of your cup organization, is part of helping develop that particular truck. Yeah, it was a separate engine deal. <clears throat> Terry Elgis was doing the cup stuff. Yep. John Dysinger, uh, who had been with Leo Jackson for years, um, was doing the Toyota stuff. Yeah. And completely separate. And that was... You didn't think that was a big deal, but to, uh, when so Dodge hears about this and they get upset. Yeah, they just felt like it was a conflict, and um, I guess it was. They yeah. uh, they prevailed in court. So why was why weren't y'all able to have a conversation about it and say, "Hey, man"? Oh, we, yeah, we tried. I mean, we we stayed in our were, position. But why would Dodge, I mean? You have a relationship with Dodge. Why wouldn't Dodge? you know not let this go to you know a, a court yeah battle yeah that's uh that's a great question yeah certainly could have been settled a lot easier right yeah um and you wanted to but it just didn't go that route you weren't yeah. allowed that you weren't afforded that opportunity I, i'm curious was there a misunderstanding was this all about the truck series or did they think that you were working with uh, development of a cup car because I remember if I remember correctly Toyota came in as a do- uh, as a truck period only yeah truck yeah. only well I'm sure they were looking at big picture I, well I assume that too that's why I guess I'm wondering like was this really about the truck series or did they think that there was something bigger going on it was just about Toyota coming wow uh, so man in my opinion I'm, yeah I'm right 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 so um y'all win the Daytona 500 in 2002 when was the first inkling that Dodge is becoming aware of this Toyota thing. That's in the middle of 2003. I mean, you're kind of still on a high from winning one of the biggest races in the sport. Ward certainly winning the biggest race of his career. Um, you're still a two-car team with, with Hut Strickland, Hills Brothers, that goes away. Kenny Wallace comes with Stacker 2. Um, you got Scott Wimmer driving some races. Um you ended up shutting down your full-time second car in the middle of 2003 or for, two, for 2003. You go away from having two cars. You're back to one with mm-hmm. Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I suppose sometime in the middle of 2003, they discover that there's this 
separate business that's developing the truck for Toyota. They get angry. And you are you you're required to pay Chrysler six point five million dollars? I thought it was five. Five well still. It was a whole lot of money. That's a damn lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't fun. Why did they need five million of your dollars? Yeah, right. Good question. I need a lot worse than they did. So you were able to I mean, how do you even do that? Do you have do you is that like something you paid over time? Uh, because you continue to race anything. I'm just curious because $5 million would shut me down. Actually, Toyota stepped up and helped us. Oh. I'll be damned. So, you, I, I mean, we were responsible for it, but they. Yeah, they helped you out. Financed um, it. That's what okay. we put it. But even while you're still running Dodge? Why did you keep racing the Dodge to 2006? So, Toyota got ready to go cup race. You were waiting on that. Ah. And. Dodge was okay with you continuing to run their car? I guess It so. didn't matter. You Were you not getting any support from them anyways, right? Mm-mm. Were you getting support from them when this lawsuit comes about? What they had available. Yeah. I mean, you know, like they'd cast the engine blocks and ship them in there and they'd crack in the floor. Yeah. <laughs> we had to get Caterpillar to build the engine blocks. Really? Um, that's Yeah, that, that's problematic, I would it assume. Was, <laughs> was it – I mean, you're pull, in, Dodge pulled its manufacturing support in 2003 in October. Um, you ran Dodges till 06. You covered up the Dodge logos on the cars, but that was due to the ruling of the district court in Detroit. They ruled in favor of Chrysler, and so you had to cover the decals up on the car. All that, I, I don't even remember this. Um, this would be massively, uh, you know, in today's world with Twitter and everything else, it would be completely dramatized. But Yeah, I don't know that it, it really kinda, totally was. It kind of flew under the radar to an extent, you know, for something to be so controversial and, and such a disruption, I suppose, for you and, and Chrysler and everybody else involved. Y'all settled out of court in 06. And wh- Actually, how- we went to court yeah. and got whacked. Right. Oh, Oh yeah. So that wasn't a settlement. That was uh, that was judgment. A, a court, okay. a court ruling. Okay. Got it. Um, that sucks. Interesting. I'll say. Were, were you having to go to court? I mean, like, were you going? I um, spent a month in Detroit. Good heavens. Mm. So when when the when the Dodge deal comes about, you know, Ray's team seemed to be the, the focus. Yeah, I mean that thing was set up to succeed. Oh, yeah. There's red cars, Dodge all down the front, down the sides of them. Um, how was the, you know, how when Dodge comes in, how do you know when a manufacturer like that comes in? I guess how do they decide? Like, okay, you know, here's the pie, and there's going to be three teams. You know, this team and this team and this team. Was it was it understood that there would be an A, B, C, or? Well, I don't know. If it was understood um, completely. I mean, I do know that. Uh, they had, how do I word this, indications that Jeff was going to come with. Jeff right. Gordon? Okay. That, as a partner so, or as a driver? Driver. And that didn't work out. Yeah. So that probably made a big difference. That must have been, yeah. But they were committed by then. Yeah. And, I mean, of course, Ray's Ray. He did a great job putting yeah. together a hell of a team. Yeah. That team, I thought, was going to be a hell of a dynasty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's surprising to me, I guess, that. Um, the Dodge deal didn't really pan out. Yeah, that's what I had to raise, Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't. They just weren't there. Yeah. 
So what is what is the what it, what does a manufacturer like Dodge lack? What did what was their shortcoming? Is it just well, takes that, it just takes a ton of money? Well, money and experience and, and understanding of the sport and the way things go. But Toyota, I mean, Toyota comes in. They're they're not experienced, and they they had a very structured sort of progress through the Truck Series, Xfinity Cup. I mean, it wasn't like, bam, we're a Cup team. No, maybe but, their process is better. Well, and they and had, they had a ton of money they were willing to put into it. Well, and they were racers, you know, Indy cars, okay. and they had TRD and they had engineering oh. and. Mm-hmm. They were smart enough to come in and listen to how things work down here. Yeah. You know, rather than, oh, we're, we'll show y'all. Yeah. Huh. I remember Dodge's, uh, you know, when I remember the Dodge, <laughs> I draw, this has no, this has no uh, effect on cup racing at all. But man, when it, when I was racing, so I'm racing a late model stock car back in the 90s and a, damn, a Dodge, man, made power. Dodge was always looked at as a, an engine that, even in, back in the Hemi days, right? Oh, yeah. It had a, it had a reputation oh, was deal, for yeah. being a monster engine. You had to work your ass off to get the Ford and Chevrolet V8 to do what you wanted it to do, but the Mopar power was readily available, all on the table. That's the way... In late model stocks. Well, in everything, right? Yeah. When they ran Hemi's in the seventies with oh, Petties, yeah. and the 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 you know they had to choke them Chargers down oh, yeah. to make them you know give Kale and those other guys the Fords a chance. Um, when they come into the sport in 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 oh you know in the two thousands, I felt like there was a similar sort of excitement around what they might be able to do, right? And, oh, I think there was a great expectation. Yeah. Coming back to the sport. How did, I just don't understand how it didn't work. It right. just didn't work. I yeah. don't know. Maybe they didn't have the right team. Do you think that the rumblings and rumors of them ever coming back would ever materialize? You just oh, don't know? I can't imagine it would. You don't think so? Yeah. Because people talk about you Oh, know, you hear it all the time. Yeah. 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 I I'm mean, like, they, they're always talking about they're trying to get new OEMs in. You hear – I mean, there's only so many to, yeah. to go get. You just assume that's I one of them. I think that I would – Imagine, you know, with their, you know, they've already done this once, and I don't have a ton of confidence in them. I wouldn't think so. Coming back to do it, I sure would. I'd be awfully surprised. Me too. Ward is going to leave the team. When does what time? When does Ward leave in uh, two thousand four? Ward leaves, and uh, Wimmer's going to drive full time. Wimmer wins at Dover, running your little. Xfinity car. Wimmer's running some, you know, running second, got some wins. Uh, a lot of people were high and excited on him. Young young guy. Um, and Ward's moving on. Y'all were struggling with Ward uh, throughout the last several years in the Dodge. Um, you know, I, I, we've had Ward on the show. Um, he had he had nothing but great things to say about his experience driving for you and, and you know, just – chalks up the performance there in the last several years to personnel and and uh you know difficulties uh just trying to get speed and power on the track a lot of changes in the team but um well a big problem with ward was confidence he he had no confidence in whoever's working on the car really the first time he had a bad day not with that guy <laughs> he can't build shocks yeah 
Ronnie Crooks. I'm sorry, he will shock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just uh, – he – Y'all ra- y'all ran together a long time, you Nine know. Years. So I mean, those 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 issues with Ford were were manageable, right? But I guess they they progressed and and became more and more difficult to more and more difficult handle over time. More and more uh, more was the decision for Ward to leave a mutual one? And so you're you're fine because you got Scott Wimmer, right? You think this kid's oh had a ton of potential. Yeah, what it takes. Yeah. Um, so Scott comes and drives a car. You're now. Um, you know, you sold all your Xfinity team to Keith Coleman. Is that right? You're getting, I don't remember. For yeah, sure. you're. Well, you're. I'm. I'm kind of trying to understand what's going on with you around 2005, six, seven, where you're you you're racing Xfinity, you're racing Cup, you got trucks now, you're buying truck equipment and teams. Um, what's your mindset like? Where's your what's your focus and and ambition? Well, I mean, we always want. To- I mean, our number one gold, like most people's, is Cup Series. Yeah. Um, was some of the manufacturer stuff with Toyota driving these decisions as well? Uh, what, what What's making sure. you – like, because, you know, you, you would you would sometimes, like, grow, add another Cup team, get, add an extended team, and then you would shrink it back down to, like, co- get back to focusing on one thing. Well, we, we didn't shrink it down necessarily by choice. Yeah. You know, sponsors. And, you were doing whatever you could. If you could sponsor right. a car and put it out on the track, you were doing it. We we had the people, we had the shop, we had the equipment. Sure, yeah. interesting. And we built nice little race cars. You they did. Really were. So you had Mike Skinner driving a truck for you at one point. One of the more recognizable moments for you as a truck owner was Johnny Benson driving a twenty three truck. Y'all won y'all won a lot of races. Uh, Rick Rick Ram was your crew chief at the time uh, for some of that. Um, rec, you know Johnny Benson had had a relatively um, uneventful career. You know to that point. You gave, I think, Johnny an opportunity to really showcase what he was capable of. Well, what I can say about the truck series was with Skinner and with Johnny. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that Bill Davis Racing had manufacturer support, sponsorship, and the drivers all gotcha. in one pile. That was the only time. Right. Yeah. And each one of those teams is a combination. You know this way better than I do. you got to have the cars, the engines, the crew chief, the driver, the pit crew and we had that yeah and and i think that really the truck series was our opportunity of course that's not cup racing but still there's a lot of good trucks uh show what we could do what we're capable yeah you know you go to you finally do switch to toyota in 07 at that at that point is the relationship with toyota um one that you're excited about is this are you oh yeah yeah you're Toyota was wonderful, man. They, there was never a bad moment with Toyota. Yeah. They were so, so, so very good to us. And and they were racers. They understood racing. They struggled, though, coming in to perform. Um, almost so that I felt like NASCAR, in, not intentionally, but NASCAR did them no favors. When they came in the truck series, the Xfinity series, each step up the ladder – NASCAR made them earn their performance in terms of the ability to develop arrow and power under the hood. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say a lot of that. You know, NASCAR had some long-term relationships. 
mm. with the other manufacturers. Right. Yeah, you couldn't allow. And here's these guys coming guy in. Come in. Yeah, yeah. Not come in and just. I don't know kick how. To, yeah, I don't even know how to really even word that without. I don't. This isn't a slight in NASCAR at all, and I think that they did the right, they did the right thing. If, it's a business if, decision. If Toyota was willing to earn it, right, <clears> pay their dues, if you will, and they were, and they were, they would eventually prevail and have success, which that seemed to be the way it worked for them through Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. There was some moments of growing pains, learning the ropes. Sure. In the first – so is this true? Blaney was the only Toyota racer in the top 35 in owner points in 07? Um, he finished third at Talladega, the best finish of any Toyota in 07? I mean, those are crazy to think now, looking at Toyota's success on the racetrack. I don't know that I ever yeah. realized that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it, though. Toyota's first polling cup was at New Hampshire with, with Blaney, um, if these statistics are correct. Um, in 08, some struggles, missed the race at Talladega. Caterpillar announced they would be leaving. Um, Caterpillar had been with you for how long by then? I mean, that, that was a decade or so. Eight or nine years. Yeah. Ago, yeah. Um, so that must have been a difficult loss. I mean, that, that, we've talked about it already in the show, sponsorships, partnerships. They – were everything to a company like yours. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're obviously important to everybody, but that you literally took every dime you made and got from these partnerships back into the team to make yeah. it work. You Recently, uh, Chip was on here. Yeah. And he made the comment, and I thought, boy, that really says it all. You know, his race teams are what he had. He wasn't a millionaire, billionaire. Right. 200 car dealerships. And that's not knock on those guys. Sure. Happy for them. But his race seems they had to make their living. Well, so did ours. Yeah. And that's why there's so much inconsistency, ups and downs. And, you know, we and Gail and I were just, we made a good living in Arkansas with a small trucking company. Yeah. We didn't have huge dollars to, to spend racing. That's such a great point. Um, you I know, gotta, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, Dale, but I, tell me if I'm wrong about this. I'm hearing all this. If I'm you, at some point through this whole thing, I start to feel like I'm getting used by drivers and by sponsors. Like, you know, it always seems like that. Again, I may be wrong on this. I need you to correct me if I am. It's almost like some drivers, they, they stay for a couple years. They do this thing, but they're, all, they're, they're, quick, to, they're quick to bolt. If, uh, you know, they're quick to find some problems that are not going to be just exclusive to your race team. Every race team's got the same thing. Everybody's got this stuff. But, the, but it seems like that they're always looking for greener pastures, and they're using you as a doorstep. Am I wrong? Oh, no, you're right. And did I think you that feel that all way? Through this. Well, yeah, probably to a degree. Certainly with Jeff, I did. But that and, was their history. He and John Bigford did. What was keeping you then from is, – is it that that's keeping the Bill Davis racing – enterprise that it is from going up because you said you're always that step behind financially you know if, as soon as you know a team gets four million dollars or as soon as you get four million dollars they're getting eight like well let's just let's just use the Hendricks and the Penske's and right. yeah is it what what's causing that what's preventing because it seems like with the Toyota thing that's your that's actually after almost two decades of this now you finally reached the same level of financial support as these other teams, maybe even in the truck series. You're right. But, but the fact is, is now you're there and yet something always seems to happen, whether it's a sponsor leaves or a driver's now going to go bolt or drivers. Is, is that, that's what I'm picking up. Is that right? Well, I mean, yeah, there's some truth to that, I guess. I, 
you know, the sponsors, most of those decisions I, I understood. Um, Caterpillar, for instance, they were, uh, you know, they were, they're very loyal to Ward. Loyal to Ward, that's right. But that was Ward's MO. He, he, he'd get right in there and make friends with the sponsor. and He's good. He's good with that, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then try to take him to Rick, try to take him to Childress, and that was a constant distraction. You get tired of that. Absolutely, you get tired of it. That's human nature. to get. That's where I feel like you're getting used a little bit, and it would be okay to feel that way. And I know that this business is cutthroat. You know that. But, like, man, it's almost like you went through a decade and a half of that. <laughs> yeah, well, we're pretty hard-headed. You know, we're <laughs> determined we weren't going to give up, I guess. Well, that's to your – yeah, that, I think that that's honestly the uh, – resiliency comes to mind when it comes to Bill Davis racing. Like, you know, I, you know, when you, you weren't these, you know, like you weren't this independent single car operation, you, you were beyond that. But then it's it, these continuous like driverly. Well, I don't even remember where, where Ward went after Bill Davis racing. Like, did he go to, was it like Haas? I think he went to Haas and then he, he went to the four, the car, four car and they, right, he, yeah. he didn't last long. Yeah. Ward didn't have a career. Had a great thing going with you. Uh, yeah, he didn't have a career after he left our place. Right. So the resiliency and the efforts and stick-to-itiveness, hard-headedness paid off. You win the championship in the truck series with Johnny in 08. Beat Ron Hornaday, one of the best ever uh, for the championship. It's your only championship. Um, where does that rank in your – I'm certainly that Daytona 500 is a very – Special sure. moment for you. What? Where does that? What are some of the highlights? Uh, you know, the Southern Five Hundred was big. Yep. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, everybody wants to win oh, Southern yeah. Five Hundred. Daytona, obviously, especially when you look at the people that never won the Daytona Five Hundred. Yeah. Uh, but then the Truck Championship. You know, did you know that you were? Did you know that you didn't have a plan forward at the time that you're winning this championship because you would you. You would sell the majority ownership of your teams in o in December of oh eight. Yeah, we sold out completely. Well, it was just it was there. The door shut on us. You know, we uh, that was a recession, as you remember. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This country went upside down as we're doing right now as we speak, and uh, that just took. You know, that's when teams were laying off two hundred people, a hundred people, one hundred fifty mm -hmm. people, and. Uh, now it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Yeah, it was a while back. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's kind of continued in yeah. that teams are smaller and there's not as much money there. Yeah, you know, different sponsor every week. I mean, y'all go through it here. Yeah, uh, everybody does. Mm -hmm. There's not any. You know, I guess Shell's probably the, and they're not quite the full season. Sure, FedEx simpler. That's a good point. So you know the. The challenges just got to be too much. You had had enough. Um, were you eager to, clean, you know, dust yourself off and 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 move on back to Arkansas? Yeah, we'd had a run. We had a, we had a wonderful experience. Yeah. For two people that uh, didn't have any money and just had a dream to come in here down here and and do what we did, you know, uh, you got to be satisfied. You look at the people that never won a race, yeah, never won a pole, and had 
sponsorship and continuing sponsorships and, you know. Yeah. I mean, Michael Steele with Chuck Ryder is a great example. Yeah. Had pins oil for years and years and years. So did you just literally just sell it all and move? No, I mean, tears shed, no sadness. I mean, well, I, sure, there was well, sadness. Well, yeah, so like, yeah. I mean, the, the Daytona You feel like five, a failure. I mean, The Daytona you know, 500 rolls around in February and you're not there. I'll say this. <laughs> Turned on the Daytona 500 and they started it. Golly. And I had about 15 or 20 laps of, oh, I'm pitiful me, you know. <laughs> then it was, ah, that's all right. Went away. I don't have to fight the traffic to get out of there. <laughs> Started thinking about all the positives. Um, and I didn't want to do this when sure. I was 70 years old. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I see some of those that. guys back in the day creaking around the garage. I'm like, oh, Pep, they wish they were home on an easy chair. That looks like that hurts, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, in 2013, a former employee was charged with embezzling $300,000 from the company. How does that happen? She was a uh, – um, <clears throat> well, she came to work. She worked at the Petties, came to work for us, just uh, a receptionist. And then when the other company started, the Toyota company started, she moved over there in a pretty high management level position. She uh, she approved the checks and approved the credit cards. And she um, paid, uh, this is my favorite <laughs> If that's a good part of the story. Other than sending her to prison, I like that part pretty well. But uh, she paid uh, an engine tuner on one of the Toyota trucks per diem for a year after he died. Good Lord. That's how she got caught. Oh, damn. Whoa. John Dysinger was standing in his – you know John Dysinger. I don't think so. Oh, man. Fabulous engine builder. Sure, if I saw his face. Oh, fabulous engine builder. He had been with – Andy and Leo and that old bunch. Yeah. But uh, he walked in, looked at her desk one day, and there was a stack of per diem vouchers. She didn't actually write the checks. She took them to the CFO over in the cut building. And uh, Joe Blow, <laughs> he looked back in the day, now that's this week. You've been dead a year. <laughs> so that's how she got busted. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's been dead a year. Uh, that's yeah. A, that's a, and uh, wait, so that happened, you know, she gets, this is something she was caught for in the act. Oh, yeah. Right. And then it took till 13 to get, to go through the process, the legal process of, of, of charging her and, and finding her guilty. Yeah. My the prosecuting attorney in Winston-Salem would do anything. Wow. And we had to just keep pounding on him. Yeah. Um, and we ain't anything out of it. We just want her to get her share. Yeah. Yeah. Justice, right? Um, so, where you left all of this, all of your all of your NASCAR stuff, right? And you you gave it to somebody else, sold it to somebody else, whatever. Move back to Arkansas. You haven't never have you had any involvement in anything racing since? Not even on an, a lower grassroots level. No, nothing. That wouldn't appeal to me now. You know? Why? Well, I don't know. I mean, I loved racing, and it was really good. You love racing, but, uh, yeah. But you know, we you did started it. helping Mark around. You know, we going did to the it. dirt track. We did it for a long, long time. You wouldn't find any joy in in sending a dirt a car to the dirt track down the road and and winning. I don't guess so. I've never considered it. You never tried it. 
Has anybody called you? Who do you keep oh, yeah. in touch with? Like, oh boy, sure. Because see, I think that the I think uh, there's there's a chance as long as there's people talking to him about racing, right? Yeah. Like, I think that there's a chance. No, nope. he's he's shaking his I head. Know, no, right. but no, there's no but, chance. But you, but you still keep in touch with people. A few. I always tell the story that you walk out of that gate at Homestead, which was the last race of the year, and evidently your cell phone number falls out of everybody's phone. Man, there's some you don't hear from anybody. That. Yeah, I mean, I, I've stayed friends with uh, Ross Shaddix. Got the Field of Green Salad Bar here in town. And oh yeah, yeah. Oh course, Ross. Yeah, he's Ross. good. Good friend. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, the, with the yellow pickup truck. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. lovely unit. <laughs> Finally got rid of that thing. Did he? Oh boy. All right. I remember. But then James Fitch, of course, we've always been we've yeah. been friends for thirty five years. Talk to him probably weekly. Go that's, see him every that's once good. He his comes son, to see us. He wants to tell you about his son, I'm sure. Like, he, you know, his son's racing. so Just won over with Arkansas. Yeah, he did just win. Yes, he did. And, and, and won it. You know, you bring up Finch. I got to ask you, when you're talking about all that manufacturer um, back and forth with Dodge, I literally in my head, I didn't bring it up because I didn't think it fits into the uh, conversation. But now that you mentioned Finch, I'm thinking my first year with Finch, my only year with Finch was in 2002. He would put, he'd put a different manufacturer sticker on his car, depending on where he ran a Pontiac, Pontiac at Daytona, and a Chevrolet the next week at Rockingham, and I always wonder, well, how does he get away with that? I don't know. He gave up. And, and, and maybe it was because he didn't take any of their money. That's I don't exactly know exactly why. Is you that it? Yeah. If you don't have any manufacturer support, you have no loyalty. You just do whatever's best for you and whatever's most reasonable. Financially, you know. One of my favorite stories is James. Of course, there's so many. That'd take five shows. But uh, he went to meet with Chevrolet one time about some support, you know, body parts, engine parts, whatever. He said, man, BD. He always calls me BD. I came out of that meeting. I felt like I needed a little them some money. Oh, them some money. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, he interestingly – um, this is what I thought was so peculiar about him is that that year he was, I mean, he was known for ripping up a check that, you know, that maybe a manufacturer, you know, if he won a race, he's like, don't give them, don't wear their hats, don't wear a Chevrolet hat, don't wear this, that, and the other. But then Ganassi had that Dodge deal, I think in 2002, yeah, with Sterling and Jimmy, they were running mm-hmm. those Intrepids. Mm-hmm. And then – he and James Finch went into partnership, and, Do- and uh, Finch was running Dodges the next year. And I was like, there's something about that. I was like, man, I kind of liked Finch the Rebel that didn't care. And now he's kind of like in, in the Dodge camp. And I don't even know if that lasted that long. No, it seems, he got over it. Yeah, that, that went, went way quick, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always liked Dale's line when James was sitting there. He said, James, when was you figured out you just didn't give a <laughs> And James – Dale, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there saying, never. You never cared. Yeah. Right. I was talking about people that you, you know, you, you you remember and you've been connected to in racing. I was talking to Shane Meal the other day and he wanted me to tell you he appreciated opportunities driving your car. He said you were always a lot of fun to work with. You had a um you know, you had a reputation as a man who brought in the young talent showcasing, you know, Wimmer, Blaney. Obviously, Jeff Gordon, um, Bobby Santos. Yeah, I mean, you've 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 had guy an that really deserves a shot. You've been that kind of person who 
has an eye for talent, young talent, willing to, you know, willing to go through the learning pains and growing pains of of getting through the bit clips and ball joints uh, to see that driver realize the potential they have. Um, and I think that's probably one of your best – that's probably one of your best accomplishments or what – you know, your your greatest impact, if you will, on NASCAR was the people that you introduced to the sport through your organization. Drivers, crew chiefs, owners that – crew chiefs that would become owners, mechanics, engineers. We had some great, great people. Yeah. It's all about people. It's very similar to what we do here at Junior Motorsports, to be honest with you. You know, we um, – you know, we, we also live, we succeed, and we struggle based off of that outside support monetarily that we get from partners. And we aren't, you know, we, we our, our performance does ebb and flow oh, yeah. uh, in a very inconsistent matter. You know, we had an incredible year last year, and we're struggling a little bit this year to get the cars these guys need. Um, and it's literally just the speed of the cars and, how, uh, you know, giving our drivers what we what they need to win. Um, and so I, 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 I related a little bit, I think, to what it was like for you all those years. Um, it's year to year, you know, especially in the Xfinity Series, and you know that. You race in the Xfinity Series. Oh, yeah. You know, life is year to year. You win a championship in the Truck Series, and in December you're going to Arkansas right. and leaving it all behind. Um, it can happen that fast. Uh, what are what are some of the things I think that um, you know that you miss about the sport? Well, I miss competition. I mean, I still love to race. I yeah. mean, it's nothing like getting up and running a race. And we had some great friends. We had some. Uh, I mean, there's you know, made the comment stay in touch with people. I mean, Heidi Stoddard, Frankie. Wow. Heidi's one of my absolute favorite people on earth. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had dinner with him a couple months ago. Um. Where is Frankie Stoddard, by the way? Did, I mean, that was he was with you a long time, right? I think he's about in retirement. You yeah. know, he. We think these people are just going to live forever. I know he got a medallion and sold out, and <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't get those medallions. I was a little too early. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> had a lot more to sell. Yeah. But uh, I bet he wished you had hang on to it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I should have bought his. That's it. Um, I. Uh, you know, I guess what do you think your legacy is? What are you What are you most proud of? What do you feel like your impact was? That was a racer. Mm-hmm. And just a hardworking, honest guy. Didn't take advantage of people. I never, uh, I never stole the driver or crew chief. Yeah. Maybe I never had the opportunity, but it didn't happen. Um, just maybe uh, I was a fair guy. Yeah, I think that's the way people look at you. I really do. Um, I'm glad you came over here today. I'm glad you gave us some time to talk to you, Bill. I've not had the chance to ever really sit down with you. I've admired you all these years. Um, think a lot of you. It was amazing to watch you become what you became. I was able to, you know, even as a young, younger, you know, younger boy, I was aware of you coming into the sport and this new team with Mark Martin and then Jeff Gordon. Um, becoming dominant in the Xfinity Series and then becoming a cup owner. It was fun to watch, and the sport misses you. Um, you know, you're, 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 you're talked about a lot more than I bet you believe you are. <laughs> um, the sport remembers you. 
recognizes all the contributions you gave to the sport, all the people that you shepherd in and, and gave opportunity to that are still with us today. And, um, yeah, if you ever want to come be our guest at the racetrack and <laughs> remember what it feels like to sit on a pit box and watch your car go around, you're always welcome to come come be ours. Well, I appreciate that. You bet you. And, you know, I've had the honor of uh, the pleasure of watching you from a little boy, real little guy, yeah. <laughs> grow up. And, uh, spent that night in New York at the banquet with Kenny and Ann and yeah. Went down to the Yankees dugout and ended up at Coyote Ugly. That was a fun night. That was Whoa, a big night. Yeah, yeah. Did we miss a story here? Oh, it was a I, real good is story. There, is there a Dale Jr. story? About- <laughs> well, Dale Jr. and Kenny Schrader. I mean, yeah, it goes on get, yeah, 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 and that, the rest That's of the story we can't talk about. <laughs> but I've really admired the young man you've come, how you've handled yourself, the job you've done. Your uh, father would be really proud of you. Thank mm. you, Bill. I appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. I enjoyed it. I have, too. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bill Davis on the Dell Jr. Download. Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. <laughs>